0: It's The Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a double shot of Catholicism and conversation to start your day off right. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio. They call
1: him Flipper, Flipper, faster than lightning. No one you see is smarter than he. And we know lives in a world full of there under, under the sea.
2: Everyone loves And a very happy Friday morning to you, April 14th, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on the morning blend. Flipper. Oh. I love Flipper.
3: Flipper was the smartest person on that entire show, I think.
2: Flipper <laughs> Flipper's smart. Uh, Today is National Dolphin Day, if you're wondering, why Flipper today?
3: Our smiling, uh, swimming mammals of the ocean, our favorite.
2: Uh, So the TV show Flipper, I wanted to be the two boys.
3: What were their names?
2: Bud and Sandy.
3: Bud and Sandy. So
2: their dad was like a fishing game game guy, Mm -hmm. and all those guys did was tool around in a boat and play with Flipper.
3: (laughs) In, the Mi- was, in Miami. It was always summertime it there, was always wasn't it? It was always summer. Never went to school, yeah. I don't think.
2: Those guys had the best life. They just cruised. <laughs> had a little motorboat. Flipper would swim alongside. Then they'd jump in and swim with Flipper. And then he'd carry him. You know, they'd grab his fin and they'd, you know, carry oh, him, right. around. him
3: around. That's right. And swim him around. And they'd catch, you know, thieves who were, that's uh, right. you know, poaching there in the Everglades. So
2: And every now and again, a shark would show up and Flipper would take care of the shark. Oh, that's
3: right. He'd, yeah, yeah hit n- him, him with his nose. N-
2: and those uh, yeah, <laughs> best life ever.
3: That is, a, I, you know, that is the best life for sure. Uh, have you ever seen a, a dolphins in the wild?
2: I, I have not. I have seen porpoise related What's to dolphins. What's the
3: difference? Well. How can you tell the difference between a porpoise and a dolphin? I
2: think porpoises are a little smaller and porpoises reside pretty much on the West Coast.
3: Oh, uh, like okay. if you're
2: in the Pacific Ocean, like I went out tuna fishing one time out of Ilwaco, Washington. We go way out, like we mm-hmm. were out sixty miles, and swimming alongside the boat. Once we got way out into the water, porpoises. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, pretty cool.
3: All right, I have only one time seen dolphins. Yeah. And now, but now I'm questioning. Maybe they were porpoises. But we were in Alaska, on a. a The fjords tour, where Mm -hmm. it kind of takes you around and lets you look at the glaciers. And the captain was like, Yeah, there's a, a pod that sometimes will follow us. Let's see if we can catch up to them. And sure enough, now our daughters were little, but they were on the boat with us. And yeah, they caught into the wake of the boat and yeah. they were just swimming right alongside us
2: pretty sure porpoises
3: There's a porpoises in guessing. alaska in
2: alaska okay yeah so
3: then i've never seen a dolphin <laughs> in the wild
2: well they're related to dolphins okay yes so they're cousins
3: cousins of do- of flipper
2: <laughs> but don't you can't mess with dolphins remember i did the story last week about the people in hawaii that got in trouble because you're, you're not oh. supposed to get close to dolphins now you like harass them and okay then they were fined
3: Okay. Yeah. Well be aware of that too. What if they come up to you though? They seem to be awfully friendly and very curious.
2: Yeah, I don't think they're that curious. They don't care? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I don't think <laughs> Not they, as much
3: as we like to yeah, think that I don't they don't think are. they
2: really do that. Unless it's flipper.
3: Unless it's flipper. So anyway, right. there
2: you go. National Dolphin Day. So go home and pet your dolphin today. You have one at home in your tank. <laughs> I doubt it. But I don't uh, have yeah. one either. Hey, happy uh happy uh anniversary. Tomorrow's oh, your anniversary, hey, right?
3: Thank you. Yes. Uh thirty four years. I did the counting. Are you sure? Uh I am sure. April fifteenth, two th- thousand two thousand nineteen eighty nine. Eighty nine. Yeah. Is uh, me and the good deacon got married in uh, beautiful, uh, sunny Southern California. It was the Easter season like it is now, so yeah. it was just a beautiful day, lots of flowers. And uh, yeah, so began the uh, journey. There you so, go. Yeah, we're going to do something tonight. Of course, the good deacon's got obligations at church this weekend, which is fine, but uh, you know, we're going to go out this evening.
2: I told you what I thought you What's were that? gonna do? I'm not gonna. I don't want to say don't it because if Scott's listening, he'll like don't wreck the ah! surprise. Oh, that's th- th- this is totally my guess, okay. but I- I'm not gonna say. And you can. I'll
3: let you know on le- Monday. You can let me know as to whether or yeah. not your guess as to what we were doing that's is right. correct.
2: So, <laughs> so I'm gonna. I'm gonna be anxious <laughs> to see if I'm if I'm right. I'm probably not. But anyway, that's what that, I told you that because you didn't know, and I said, ah, but here's what you're gonna do.
3: Oh, that was—it's a good guess. Yeah,
2: I think it, I think it is a good guess. So, All right. you and I are very similar because Beverly and I were married in 1989 as well.
3: Now, when is your anniversary coming up? Later in the uh, year,
2: September. In Mid- September, mi- middle of September. Okay. Yeah. So uh it's eighty-nine, nineteen eighty-nine. That'll be our thirty-ninth anniversary.
3: <laughs> thirty-four. Is it it's 34? thirty-four? We did the counting again this morning. All right. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Yes. It's a, a great week, and we—I I, got to just say. God has abundantly yeah. blessed us through all of it. And there's uh good times. And there were very, very sad times in the life of our marriage, but you know,
4: Babel Marriage through. is a gift. That's
3: Marriage right. is a gift from God, and if I am thankful for this gift, I am thankful for all parts of it—the good very parts nice. and the bad parts. Wonderful.
2: Well, you'll have a great time tonight. Thank you
3: very, very and much. And I
2: think I know what you're going to do.
3: Okay, we'll see. I'll tell so, you if you're right or all not. All
2: right, what do you got coming up?
3: Well, criminals beware—you are being watched. The tallest statue of Christ has been erected in a state overrun by organized crime. I'll all tell right, you where?
2: And you know what's coming? What's coming? It's on the watch. Oh. El (gasps) niño. Let's look for it. Okay.
3: All right, we got a great show ahead for you on this Friday morning. We're gonna start things this morning with A Lob and Resurrection. And we are the morning blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
2: That is a lob and resurrection. It's seven eleven at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on a really pretty Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Got a really nice forecast coming up today. You'll have that too, and then we'll hear from our good friend Ed Longwa from Catholic Charities right after this.
6: Join Mater De Radio and Brother Cyril, a Benedictine monk at Mount Angel Abbey, for the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O oh Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys and sufferings of this day, in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular, for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit
2: Matjadayradio.com. Set on a hilltop in the midst of the Willamette Valley, life at Mount Angel Abbey is both unchanging and made ever new in the Spirit of Christ. Steeped in a Benedictine tradition more than 1,500 years old, the monks of Mount Angel have prayed together five times a day for more than 130 years. We welcome you to come and join us in the ancient rhythm of monastic prayer and liturgy.
7: Come seek the things that are above. Learn more at mountangelabbey.org. Only a few days remain before matri Radio's 2023 Spring share Seek the Truth, and we need your help to make this a successful event. Join us as we lead more searching souls into the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus Christ on April 17th through 21st. To prepare for this week of joyful celebration, please prayerfully consider making a gift to help us build a strong matching fund. Your support now will have a sizable impact on the success of Moderday Radio's 2023 Spring Charitython by providing a sound incentive for other listeners to match your financial generosity. To learn more and make your matching gift now, go to moderdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app and join us as we seek the truth during our 2023 Spring Charitython, coming April 17th through 21st to Moderday Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life.
3: And it is 714 here at Mater Day Radio. Already getting a lot of sun this morning in the metro area. That's going to keep up for most of the day today. So because of that sun, even though we're starting off a little bit cool, it's going to warm up today. Daytime highs getting to the upper 50s. Some areas might even be toying with that 60-degree mark. With a light breeze, it's going to be a really pleasant afternoon today. Overnight, we're going to cool down right around 40 degrees, then looking to the weekend. More clouds building on Saturday, highs in the mid-50s, and then rain. Back in the forecast for Sunday.
2: It is currently 41 degrees at St. Stephen Church in Portland.
3: And it is 39 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver.
2: Well, as communities and local governments search for solutions to homelessness, one program in Portland operated by Catholic Charities is being noticed on a national level. To tell us more about this recognition is the Communications Director for Catholic Charities of Oregon, our good friend Ed Longwa, and he joins us this morning. Good morning, Ed. How you doing?
8: Good morning, David. I'm well. I'm, I'm glad the spring weather's coming for all of us, but especially for those those brave women that live at Kenton Women's Village all, and all people who have are homeless or have been homeless. Yeah, Thank no, goodness it's spring.
2: Oh, no doubt about that. And yeah, tell us about this uh, visit by the feds. I mean, this is a pretty special deal.
8: You know, there's a, an agency or a, a collection of agency uh, that the federal government has put together to address homelessness, because this isn't just a Portland issue it's nationwide, but the, the feds do recognize that Portland and the Seattle have a huge number. So uh, it's the U.S. Interagency uh, uh, Council on Housing, on Homelessness. And they heard about Kenton Women's Village as, a, as a, a collection of small pods where women who have recently been living on the streets can come have their own little tiny home. I mean, these are like your garden shed, David. Right. These aren't big, fancy things. But then there's a central community kitchen, a central community shower, places where the women can meet and be together. So the, the federal government noticed this, noticed that it uh, was working well, and they came to see how it worked. Uh, so Jeff Olivet, who is the executive director of this Interagency Council on Homelessness, came. I think what he noticed and what, what we often talk about at Catholic Charities is that these aren't just shelters. They come with services. There are case managers who are on site all the time. One of the little shelters is dedicated to counseling, because people who have lived on the street often have some issues to work out too as they transition from living on the streets, where it's a brutal existence. David, especially if you're a woman, mm-hmm. uh, they have some things to work out before it's time to transition into more permanent kinds of housing. And Catholic Charities has really tried to step up in that in that, that transitional period from being homelessness into going into a ir- regular apartment, it can't just happen all at once. And, and I think places like Catholic Charities are helping the federal government learn that, and I, I think more in the future we're going to be seeing more transitional housing.
2: What was the uh, opinion or feelings from the visit uh, from Jeff Olivet, and wh- what did they say about what they saw and uh, kind of their takeaway, I guess?
8: Well, they saw that the the uh, the services on site easily— uh, easily found are really important, uh, that you can't have, make it difficult for people to say, to get to see their case manager, uh, or to, uh, or to get counseling. Uh, it, it's gotta be as, as, as easy as possible. Now he felt that, uh, you know, they're trying to solve homelessness nationwide. Right. They felt that if they, they could do it in Portland. They could do it anywhere because your listeners know, you know, you can just see the blue tarps and the tents almost everywhere. Uh, the places like Kenton Women's Village could be part of the solution because it's uh, it's a fairly easy step to go from that to living in a in a in a little pod of places.
2: Right, and, and Catholic Charities as well. Not only do you have the Kenton. Women's Village, but there's also some developments that are happening that have that have happened that allow kind of from going from maybe a transitional place like the Kentons Women's Village to more of an apartment-like setting. There are locations like that as well. The Catholic Charities monitors.
8: You're right. the The most one I can think of best is right next to our headquarters in Southeast Powell Avenue. It's called Child's House, and it is there's very simple apartments. David, but they're very nice, uh, and uh, so that's kind of the next step. Again, Child's House, 27 apartments, again, case management right on site. Just a lot across the parking you know, lot is Catholic Charities headquarters with, with all the services that people can access there. There's a program where we match the savings, the monetary savings that residents at Child's House make. We'll give them $6 for every dollar that they save in the bank for their futures, so it's really a, a way to make that transition, and start start living in a way that can be sustainable for the far future. Then after that, we have lots of uh, affordable, I, I, we just built Cathedral Village down near the base of the St. John's Bridge. Yeah. Uh, we have places all over Western Oregon, 800 units, where then people can move. And there again, there is a level of on-site service uh, to help people. It, it's going to take some time, especially if you've been on the street 10 to 15 years. Well, it might, Take that much time before you really settle in and get going. Usually, it doesn't take that long, but it, it's possible. Right.
1: Well, and, and
8: these are all the these are all the hard work that needs to be done to solve this homelessness crisis. And I think the federal government recognizes that.
2: Yeah, it's wonderful. Great efforts by Catholic charities to to put places like this together, the Kenton's Women's Village, and more. Hey, I also wanted to turn our attention to. It's a big week coming up for Catholic charities. Uh, you have the celebration. of of Hope event, the 25th anniversary. That is actually a week from today, when I look at the calendar. So uh wanted to make note of that. That's uh, going to be a fun event at the, the Portland Art Museum, correct?
8: A, a big week for both of us. It yeah. comes right after Sharathon, after yes. Yeah. Portland Art Museum, April 21st. You know, this is one of the big Catholic parties of the year, Yeah, Dave, where Catholics get together and see each other, see friends, but it's also for a great cause. You know, us, CYO, Mount Angel Abbey have had dinners over the years. But, of course, our pandemic scotched those. But now we're we're back on track. Portland Art Museum, 530. If people are interested, go to catholiccharitiesoregon.org and scroll down to the bottom where there's events. And you can find out more about Celebration of Hope, where we're going to be honoring Joe Weston, the great philanthropist. Uh, we'll have a video of a Ukrainian refugee who we've aided. I, th- I think there might be some tears on that night, David, yeah. uh, and, and for many reasons.
2: Yeah, Joe Weston, who has been a charitable to Mater Day Radio over the years, and I'm telling you, just about every, I think, Catholic organization out there—schools, obviously Catholic charities—I mean, what 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 a person uh, in his philanthropic efforts—
8: I don't know how many of us one will give away everything like that. I mean, this guy's not keeping any of his tremendous wealth for himself. I mean, he's taking care of his family, of course. But millions yeah. and millions, maybe even he'll get up to billions by the time uh, uh, by the time he leaves this planet. Yeah, he just is going to give to everybody else. Uh, incredible.
2: Yeah, he he really is, and uh, just again. Uh the efforts there to give charitably to the schools and other organizations like Catholic Charities and Mater Day Radio well it sounds like it's going to be a wonderful event and i wanted to say thank you to you as well because Ed Longwa going to be on our charathon next week so you you do have you do have a busy week next week we we appreciate your efforts coming on to Catholic Radio
8: Oh, it'll be a lot of fun, David. I was—I I owe a great debt of gratitude to Modern Day for helping me find my voice a little. You know, you become a writer on purpose so you don't have to speak in public. And here, uh, <laughs> you guys have helped me learn how to do it a little bit, and I, I'm grateful. And what a great ministry you do! Let's let's support it.
2: Yeah, we we appreciate that. Ed Longwa, he is the Communications Director at Catholic Charities of Oregon. Big event coming up again next Friday. You can go online to Catholic Charities' website, learn more about the Celebration of Hope 25th anniversary. Ed, thank you so much. Looks like it's going to be a beautiful day out there today. I, I guess get out there and then go for a bike ride later.
8: Absolutely. I think all of Portland might be on the streets this afternoon. See you there.
2: All right. God bless.
3: And it is 723 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, David, as you were just talking about, all of us are going to go home this weekend here at Mater Day Radio, get a good rest because starting Monday morning, we are on the air for one week only for the Spring Marathon 2023 seek the truth. You know, you can go online and make your pledge now so that way next week well you can listen into all of the great guests that we have coming on including the wonderful Ed Longwa. So, you can also go online and see the lineup of who was going to be on and what hours and what days might even hear your own pastor or minister at your parish helping out Mater Radio. You can find out more information at materderadio.com and the Hail Mary media app.
5: Support for Mater Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722, that's
9: 503-252-1722. Camp Howard challenges everyone who experiences camp with us to live, learn, and grow in the Catholic faith. At Camp Howard, we help cultivate children's social skill sets in a safe environment with trained staff, connecting with others in the beautiful, peaceful outdoors with a host of wonderful activities. These activities include swimming, archery, arts and crafts, group games, campfires, and just having fun with fellow campers. This coming summer, we will have seven overnight sessions in the popular Family Camp Weekend. Weeks are filling quickly, and wait lists have already started, so be sure to register now at cyocamphoward.org. Save the date for our Champions of Faith Benefit Dinner, October 17th at the Oregon Convention Center. Our keynote speaker is three-time U.S. women's amateur golf champion, Laura Tennant. Come help fuel the future for our youth. Purchase tickets at cyocamphoward.org. Thank you for inspiring our youth to become faith-filled leaders. May God richly bless you.
8: Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Day Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass
0: Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation and coffee on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio.
2: It is 726 at Mater Day Radio. There could be a big shift in the weather on the way. We'll tell you about that in the news.
3: And criminals beware. God's watching you. The largest statue of Christ was blessed and dedicated in a state plagued by organized crime. I'll tell you where it's happening right after this. It is Chris Bray, beloved child of God. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
10: surrender. I'm calling you by my love. Will you answer? There's nothing that you can do that severs my love from you. So won't you come near to me? Just when you have given in, overtaken by your sin, you just need to know you By my life, just believe it No matter what you've done And by strength you can overcome So won't you confide in me Just when you have given in Overtaken by a sin You just need to know you are A child of God Overwhelmed and overcome It's not too late so to have I know.
2: That is Chris Bray and Beloved Child of God. It's 730 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
3: And in your news this Friday morning, during President Joe Biden's four-day trip to Ireland, he plans to visit Our Lady of Knock in Knock, County Mayo, which witnesses claim that the site of an apparition of Mary, the Mother of God, St. Joseph, her spouse, and St. John the Evangelist in 1879. President Biden will be the first American president to visit the shrine. He intends to visit the shrine today on his last day in Ireland. He will then visit St. Murdoch's Cathedral in Ballina, where he will give an address. Now, about 1.5 million people visit the shrine every year, and it is a common destination in Ireland for Catholic pilgrims. Father Richard Gibbons, the rector of the Shrine, said in a statement, This is a huge honor and will be the first visit of a U.S. president to the Knox Shrine. And he added, The Shrine is a special and unique place on the island of Ireland. We have previously been honored by the visits of St. John Paul II in 1979 and Pope Francis in 2018. We are delighted to have been included as part of the president's personal visits to Mayo.
2: Uh, It'd be a great place to visit. Have you been there before? No, Yeah.
3: but that is top of the list. In fact, it might even be the next trip that we want to take has got to be to Ireland. Yeah, that'd be nice.
2: Well, uh, we have been in a La Nina weather pattern for several years now. Well, that's about to change. So says the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration Climate Prediction Center that issued an El Niño watch yesterday, indicating the climate pattern is expected to form sooner than previously anticipated. Now, after La Niña ended last month, we entered what is considered neutral conditions, which means neither La Niña or El Niño is present. Those neutral conditions were expected to end at some point in the summer or early fall. So El Niño usually means a warm, dry winter for the Pacific Northwest, Ohio Valley, northern rockies and parts of the midwest well not so much for the southern u.s mm-hmm. uh, like california that right. could mean more rain which more rain yeah which they've already had you know okay quite a bit so um we'll see how it all goes but yeah so a shift it's been like la nina for like three years
3: yes Which I think has been causing us that increase in snow, right, that we've had up here, at least. So Mm -hmm. if we make that shift, maybe no snow days next year, kids. Could be. Well, on Resurrection Sunday, the Christ of Peace statue was dedicated in Tabasco County in Zacatecas State, Mexico. Now, this monumental sculpture, which sits atop a pedestal, measures 108 feet high, which is the largest of its kind in the country. Now, the statue stands in the center of the esplanade atop Faith and Religion Hill. Now According to the Christ of Peace Facebook page, the priest blessed the sculpture and gave a message of faith and hope to the thousands of faithful present. Now, the image was made with steel and various types of polymers, and inside the sculpture, there's a staircase and four landings, as well as lookouts for visitors. Now, the sculpture was named Christ of Peace because after its dedications, its promoters want tranquility to come to the citizens of Zacateus, uh, Texas, excuse me, a state plagued by organized crime violence. Now, some claim that the Christ of Peace sculpture in Mexico is larger than than Christ the Redeemer in Brazil. However, the image in Rio de Janeiro is 98 feet tall with a 26 foot pedestal, whereas the one dedicated in Mexico is also 98 feet tall, mm-hmm. but only a 10 foot pedestal. But who is counting?
2: Yeah, well, yeah.
3: I'm counting. The largest sculpture <laughs> okay. of Christ is Christ the King, located in Poland. That's 118 feet. And currently, Christ the Protector statue, which measures 141 feet, is under construction in Brazil. Wow. There's some big Jesus That's statues around
2: the world. Very big, for sure. Well, lest we forget, the deadline for filing your taxes is next week. What? Although a little later than the typical April 15th, which actually falls tomorrow on Saturday. So this year's tax deadline is. Tuesday, April 18th, could have been on Monday, the 17th, but the extra 24 hour reprieve is thanks to Washington, D.C., celebrating its annual Emancipation Day on Monday, which affects tax deadlines in the same way as a federal holiday. So, folks who are still rushing to file their taxes may learn that tax year 2022, well, not producing as many happy returns as in previous years due to a number of changes, including the expiration of some pandemic era tax breaks. Now, for the 63 million people who had filed by March 10th, the average refund is down 11%, according to the IRS. What? Now, on the upside, expanded EV tax credits and other clean energy initiatives from the Inflation Reduction Act could help boost refunds.
3: So I've got to get myself a new car. Is that what you're that's saying? That's what I'm
2: telling you. Spend you more <laughs> to save more? That's it. That's how I, it works. I don't works. know
3: exactly that's the, cri- the right way to do this. But okay.
2: Yeah. So tax deadline.
3: On Tuesday.
2: Tuesday the 18th.
3: Well, this past Tuesday, Washington State became the first state to establish family and a medical leave and unemployment benefits for the state's Uber and Lyft drivers. The Washington State state legislator set the president through the approval of House Bill 1570, which awaits Governor Jay Inslee's signature before being set into law. Now, last year, the passage of another bill in the state legislature granted other workers rights to Washington drivers, including protections against unjustified termination, access to workers' compensation insurance, paid sick times, and set the highest wage floor for drivers in the U.S., Now, Washington has more than 30,000 drivers with Uber and Lyft, according to the state drivers union. The new law entitles contracted workers with Uber and Lyft to 12 weeks of paid leave. If a driver or one of their family members faces medical challenges, they also get the same amount of time off work if they need time to care for a newborn baby. Oh, that's nice. So there you go. Yeah. I was surprised that 30,000. That's a lot. Lyft and Uber yeah. drivers in the state of Washington.
2: We took a uh, Lyft home from the airport a couple Recently, weeks ago. That was pretty nice. It's
3: pretty convenient, yeah, isn't
2: it? It really is, for sure. In sports, another full weekend of college baseball. University of Portland is on the road for a three-game series with your hometown, San Diego Toreros. That's us. That's right. West Coast Conference action there. First game this afternoon, 3 o'clock. University of Oregon also on the road. They're in Palo Alto to take on Stanford in a Pac-12 pairing. They'll go at it at 5 this evening in Game 1 of their three-game series. And Oregon State welcomes USC to Goss Stadium in Corvallis. Their three-game series gets started at 7 tonight and will be televised on Pac-12 Oregon.
3: While many Roman Catholics are familiar with Divine Mercy Sunday, that's this Sunday, and that's a relatively newer name given to the second Sunday of Easter. Historically, this Sunday was known by a variety of names, and each points to a different aspect of the celebration. Here are four names offered to us through Alatea.org for the second Sunday of Easter and their meanings. Now, first, it used to be called Low Sunday, Hmm. L-O-W, and the second Sunday of Easter was nicknamed this because it was meant to contrast the high Sunday of Easter. All right. Quasimodo Sunday. Really? Was also another name. In the Middle Ages, this Sunday was known as Quasimodo, which translates in the manner of Sunday, uh, from Latin words that began in the introit "Quasimodo genti infantes," as newborn babes desire milk. Right. It was on this day also that Victor Hugo's fictional hunchback infant was abandoned on the steps of Notre Dame Cathedral, given the name Quasimodo, which in other translations mean half formed Hmm. quasimodo sunday yeah it's also known as sunday in albis according to catholic encyclopedia it was consequently known as this the sunday of the Laying of white garments in the early church newly baptized at the easter vigil will wear their baptismal gowns during the eight days of the octaves then would lay them aside on the second sunday of easter and of course lastly now We know it as Divine Mercy Sunday. In the year 2000, St. John Paul II canonized the Polish religious mystic Faustina Kowalska and during his homily officially designated the second Sunday of Easter as Divine Mercy Sunday.
2: Interesting.
0: It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community.
3: And speaking of Divine Mercy Sunday, this Sunday, several parishes will be celebrating Divine Mercy Sunday, 1.30 at St. Mary's Cathedral. At 2 o'clock, it will be a celebration at Our Lady of Sorrow's Church. And then at 3 o'clock, Divine Mercy Holy Hour at Holy Rosary Church in Portland. Remember, you can find all the details by heading over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com. Hail Mary Media app.
2: So you know who's going to tell us more about Divine Mercy Sunday? Oh,
3: I know exactly who. Our good friend Julian Durko.
2: That's right. It's right after the forecast.
3: Support for Day Radio comes from
11: our leadership circle members, including the Portland Division of the World Apostolate of Fatima. WAF is the only Fatima organization worldwide to speak in the name and with the authority of the Church on Fatima. The World Apostolate of Fatima promotes the faithful message of Fatima, including praying the rosary daily and practicing the First Saturday Devotion. WAF information can be found at
12: bluearmy.com. Please join me, Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers, and other listeners of Modern Day E-Radio as we pray an act of hope. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Oh my God, relying on your infinite mercy and promises, I hope to obtain pardon of my sins, the help of your grace, and everlasting life through the merits of Jesus Christ my Lord and Redeemer. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
2: For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us at materdayradio.com and click Prayer, or call our prayer hotline at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737
13: Hello, I'm Kevin Doran.
11: And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary.
13: Join us every weekend on Mater
2: Day Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass.
11: It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Mater Day Radio.
2: The bridge between your faith and everyday life. And 743 at Mater Dei Radio. Well, today, you know, it looks like it might actually feel like springtime out there today. It already
3: looks like doesn't it.
2: Doesn't it, though? Mostly sunny skies today, high around 57 degrees. Cloudy overnight tonight, low of 41. And then Saturday, doesn't look like maybe any rain, some clouds, but high of 58. And Sunday, it looks like the rain rolls back in.
3: All right, 39 degrees right now at St. Ignatius Catholic Church here in Portland.
2: And 38 degrees at St. Jude Church in Eugene.
3: Well, in 2000, John Paul II canonized sister Faustina Kowalska. And on the same day, he established Divine Mercy Sunday to always be the Sunday after Easter and also was a gift to the whole world. But it is a gift that was almost lost forever. Well, joining me today to explain how this connection is made and what a gift divine mercy is to all of us, it is our good friend, Julie Anderko, host, your next mission from God. Good morning, Julie. Thanks so much for joining us today. Good morning, Brenda. First, before we get into this connection with Pope St. John Paul II, kind of remind our listeners about St. Faustina and the
14: diary that she wrote. Faustina was a Polish nun um in the early 20th century up, up to just before World War II started and she received messages from the Lord asking her to be the his voice for mercy for the world in great need and and we have seen in the the 20th and now the 21st century that there is a great great need um all the way around and mankind is in such need of god's mercy mm. and so she was to be the mouthpiece and to bring this devotion which has several parts to it um but a chaplet an image and divine mercy sunday and a and an ovena etc but uh that's her and she she did it and she was illiterate she went against her parents wishes to actually had to steal away to to, to follow our Lord's instructions and become uh, a sister in in Warsaw, away from her parents. And the courage it took, because there was no turning back, it was just, her personal story is so, um, it's so inspiring. Well,
3: Julie, that message of divine mercy, many have read the diary of Faustina Kowalska, and it's such an incredible writing, especially from one, as you said, that was illiterate, how she was able to put this together. But it was a message that almost got lost, except for a bishop and a cardinal, Carol Wojtyla, who would later become John Paul II. Now explain the role that John Paul II played in this
14: in his world, it was Nazi uh, occupation. And then that was supplanted uh, uh, by um, communist occupation. So in this time of communism, when he was a cardinal, there wasn't very good communication, like everything was monitored. It just wasn't the world we know today, right? And so Sister Faustina, she had this devotion, but some of the translations weren't done correctly by others. And there was a a force against this message. Of course, we can't, we know that that comes from the devil. You know, the people who are maybe jealous or don't want it done, and the Lord and the devil will manipulate them to work against something, even convince them that they're in the right to do that. Anyway, so there was this kind of battle going on, but Tiwa was convinced of the authenticity of it, and he followed and supported. Well, when John the twenty third became the Pope the first day he went into his office, it was still a conspiracy against the divine mercy. And so there was a stack of stuff that was vetted by advisors prior to him. And they're like, okay, he's just going to sign off on all these things because we vetted them. And it was a big stack and he had a lot to do And in his first day in his office. And he was moved by the Holy Spirit to look at that stack and pick it up and flip it over so that what was on the very bottom when he would be very, very tired and you know, had gone through so much paperwork that he would just maybe sign it off without thinking. And at the bottom, which was now on the top because he flipped it, was a papal signature to end divine mercy forever, never to be studied, uh, considered as authentic or anything to all the images in Poland. And they were hanging on to it because they went through a rough time and they all that would have had to been taken down if you wanted to be loyal to the church. And it was just like this this final blow. Right. And he flipped it over and he read it and he shook his head and said, you know what, we need to hear from the Polish bishops on this. We need to hear this before we before we do this. So he shelved it.
1: He
14: he didn't he didn't let it. uh, He didn't give a signature. He just shelved it and said, when we can have communication with the bishops and they can do adequate investigation because now they can't communism and all that then we will we will make a ruling on this but not till now not till then mm. and he saved divine mercy sunday or he he saved the the, the whole devotion that way and then um in the meantime Tia was doing his investigation making a case for it getting you know covertly obviously and then um and then long story short uh uh with paul Six it was the the ban was lifted and then a few months later when uh Karawitia was elected pope uh, not too long after that, then he he perpetuated the devotion, and there's a whole big story. I mean, there's backstory centuries leading up to it, and there's a whole lot of amazing, you can't, these are God incidences in the life of John Paul II, uh, as far as bringing this devotion to the world. It was meant for this time, mm-hmm. and he said in his papacy, he said, I think that this is what Providence has given me to do in my papacy. And we know he did so much, Brenda. He did, oh my gosh, world youth days, you know, going back to Poland, his home, the, 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 the the wall, the commune, the Berlin wall, all of that stuff. He just, he was a part of so many big things, traveled the world, long papacy. And he said, this was the defining moment. This is why Providence put me on the chair Peter to bring this to the world. And he did. Wow. And he did. Yes. It's, I'm only giving you like a scratch snippet, yeah. scratching the surface. It's an incredible story. And so if you really want to get into the story that um, the greatest story, the second greatest story ever told by Father Gately would get you deep in the whole, all the, all the things that led into it. Lots of people involved and forces for and against. That's a good, that's a good book to read. And um, yeah, it's a good book to read. And I think he's done programs on it and they're on Formed. You can get into Divine Mercy on formed very deep. They're they're movies, and they're just like, I can't believe it. I can't believe this in history. It's amazing. And and he makes a good case that Second to Christ is the second greatest story ever told because of what we need as human beings in this day and time. Oh,
3: absolutely. Julie Durko, joining us today. Julie is the host of your next Mission from God. You can hear every weekend right here at Mater Day Radio joining us this morning. Well, to help us understand and celebrate Divine Mercy Sunday. Well, this gift has been given to the world. It has been established. It's such a huge part of our liturgy now. I think everybody knows the Sunday after Easter, no matter when it falls, It's divine mercy Sunday. And as you said just a little bit ago, it's a message for our time. So maybe just in these last couple of minutes, Julie, share with us why as a gift to the world, God's message of mercy is so important to all of us. And and in all of our redemption, how we can rely on this divine mercy and that message of mercy to get us through these times.
14: Well, just looking at history, the twentieth century is considered so far you know the bloodiest, and the twenty first century also is right on the way. Um, it, there's just so much war, and when you think about abortion worldwide, the innocents that are that are killed, we are wretched, we're broken, and we don't have families anymore. People are born. Out of family, I mean, the family unit is being destroyed. Our identity is being ripped from us um, uh, through indoctrination uh, in schools and education, and and everything. The world, Western civilization as we know it, is is lost and being lost. If we're holding on a little bit, we're the minority now, and and there's just so much that we need the Lord's mercy, and 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 He knew He knew that, and He gave it to Saint Faustina, and. John Paul II, you know, he estab- he canonized her and established Divine Mercy Sunday and brought that message to the whole world through his papacy, said it was the defining thing that he should do as Pope, and, and then on that day in 2000, when he did canonize St. Faustina and establish this Sunday after Easter as the Divine Mercy Sunday, he said in a in a gathering uh, after the event with some friends. They were having dinner. It was a pretty small crowd, but he was quoted as saying, this is the happiest day of my life. Like when you do what God has for you to do, what, even if it's hard, like Jesus on the cross, anybody can say when they've really fulfilled what God asked them to do, this is the happiest day of my life. Because there's something so right and fulfilling about being completely and squarely in God's will and oh. having done it and carried it out. And that was the happiest day of his life. And, 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 uh, he was canonized on divine mercy Sunday and he died on divine mercy Sunday. It was actually, he, it, he, in his room when he was sick, he had the vigil mass for divine mercy Sunday in his room. Once, you know, once it, right. the sun went down and, and then he received the precious blood, a little bit of it. And, and then he died. So, I know that Father Gately was so disappointed he didn't die on Divine Versus Sunday, but the way we do it, the way we do time, and Catholic Church is the authority in the world, our time is, you know, when the the, the night before, when the sun goes down, it's like the next day. That's why we have a vigil mass. So he he did all that. And interesting, when he was canonized, John the 23rd. He was canonized on the same day because uh, he saved Divine Mercy, and then John Paul brought it in, and it's like it made so much sense that they would be canonized on the day, uh, on the same day. Absolutely
3: perfect. So there are no coincidences with God, and uh, it's such a wonderful feast day. We get to celebrate coming up this Sunday. It is Divine Mercy Sunday. Julie, thank you so much for your time today.
14: Oh, you're welcome, Brenda, and God bless you. And I just want to mention that on the archives of my show, there's two shows. Uh, two parts of Divine Mercy that are just up now. So if somebody wants to hear a little bit more, they could go there, or the, um, the the Marians of the Immaculate Conception, and that's thedivinemercy.org. It's got everything there.
3: All right, fantastic. Well, Julie, thank you so much for your time today. God bless you.
2: And it is 7.55 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on this Friday morning. Great to hear from Julie, her wonderful program, Your Next Mission from God. And we have a number of wonderful local programs. View from the Pew, right? Coming up tonight. We
3: got a new one tonight. We are going to talk about what keeps a deacon busy during the Easter Triduum.
2: (laughs) I'm sure he's very busy during that. So again, that's 7.30 tonight. It is View from the Pew. You can learn all about our programs. Just go to our website, click on the programming page. You can print off a schedule. That is at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app.
5: Support for Matri-Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503
0: 252 1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio. KBBM Portland, Salem, Vancouver. KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene. Springfield. Translator K235BF,
2: Eugene. And streaming at ModerdayRadio.com.
0: Some are morning people. Others are not. Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio.
2: And it is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. Well, it's an iconic American brand, and uh, it's struggling right now. We'll tell you about that in the news.
3: And a chapel in the United States suffered a lot of damage after a fire from Easter Vigil. But they say God protected them anyway. I'll have that story for you right after Awaken the Saint.
4: Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. Today, we're talking about Blessed Lucien Botovasoa, who was so inspired by the saints that he seemed determined to become one himself. Lucien was born in a small village in Southern Madagascar. His family wasn't Christian, but many of the villagers began to convert when he was a teenager, and he was baptized when he was 13 years old. He earned his degree and became a teacher, and when he was 22, he married and started a large family. Lucien not only taught his own children, but also spent time looking after other families' children, showing them how to pray and teaching about the faith. He also loved reading about the saints particularly the martyrs. After school, he would often read these stories to students who showed interest. He was inspired by holy men and women throughout history and longed to be like them. In 1940, he discovered the Franciscan Third Order, an association of laypeople who took vows much like those who took up religious life. This discovery was a joyous thing for Lucian, who had long wished for guidelines on how he could live a life like the saints he adored. He entered into the order, taking up the rules they lived by and was eventually joined by others in his community. Lucian was incredibly excited about his new life, but his wife wasn't convinced. She found this new program of fasting, humble dress, and other absurdities confusing and worrisome. She was afraid that he would run off and become a priest, leaving her and their children behind. When Lucian discovered her fears, he found the idea so absurd that he laughed. He reassured her that as a devout Christian, leaving his wife and children was something he wouldn't dream of doing. In 1947, because he had grown so popular among the people, he was asked to serve as a representative of Madagascar's disadvantaged party. However, Lucien declined. His faith and family were everything to him, and he didn't think there was a room in his life for politics. Unfortunately, politics came to him, and in a very unpleasant way. In the midst of a violent revolt against the colonist French regime who ruled Madagascar, extremist parties in the country began vying for supremacy. One of these groups in particular quickly became known for executing anyone who didn't side with them. On April 14th, Lucien was summoned by the local clan leader. He knew that he was going to be put to death, but he wasn't afraid and offered no resistance. The clan leader tried to convince him to work with them, but Lucien refused to be part of a group that acted against his faith and said he would gladly offer his life in exchange for his family's safety. Some of his own students who cooperated with the extremists out of fear for their lives led him out to be executed. In the moments before they killed him, the understanding teacher forgave them and prayed that God would help them. In Lucian, we see the immortal legacy of the saints at work. He was inspired by the stories of brave souls who valued their faith enough to die defending it. Stories have real power to inform, to guide, and to inspire hope. For Lucian, there was no greater hope than knowing that when his life ended, a loving God was waiting to welcome him. Blessed Lucian Bada Vasoa, pray for us.
2: And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or for Easter resources, please download our free Hail Mary media app. Details at MontereyRadio.com. It's 801.
3: And in your news, as Father Greg Marquis, Head chaplain at Thomas Aquinas College in New England campus, opened the doors to the sacristy, preparing for an early morning hour of Eucharistic adoration on Easter Sunday, well, he was hit by a wall of black smoke. Markley could see flames devouring the floor and walls of the wooden sacristy in Our Lady of Perpetual Help Chapel, which houses tens of thousands of dollars of handmade antique vestments. Marquis ran for the fire extinguisher and gave it his best go at putting out the fire, but the flames raged in over 100-year-old wooden church, which just went through a more than $1 million renovation in 2022. The fire department arrived and quickly put out the fire, but sacristy was lost. The church has stained major smoke damage, and it's unclear whether or not the vestments can be refurbished, Marquis said. The cost of damages has not yet been calculated. Now, although the church suffered extensive damage, its structure remains stable, something that Marquis believes was the work of God. And after the fire was put out, one of the fire authorities told Father Marquis, you could have lost that whole church very easily. Somebody Mm. was watching out for you. So for now, the Mass is being celebrated in a different location on campus. As for what caused the fire, Father Markey believes that it was the improper disposal of incense following the Easter Vigil Mass the night before. That's too bad. That is too bad. Um, And I feel badly for the the altar server who may have done that sure. it just you know the many al- parishes they have a special bin you either leave it in the in the in or you put it in this little fireproof bin right. to let it go out mm. so but glad the damage was not worse than it was
2: well go ahead
3: during president joe biden's four-day trip to ireland he plans to visit our lady of knock In Knock, County Mayo, which witnesses claim was the site of an apparition of Mary, the Mother of God, St. Joseph, her spouse, and St. John the Evangelist, in 1879, President Biden will be the first American president to visit the shrine. He intends to visit the site today on his last day in Ireland. He will then visit St. Murdoch's Cathedral in Bolina, where he will offer an address. Now, about 1.5 million people visit the Shrine of Knock every year, and it is a common destination in Ireland for Catholic pilgrims. Father Richard Gibbons, the rector of the shrine, said in a statement that it is a huge honor and will be the first visit of a U.S. president to Knock Shrine. He added the shrine is special and unique place on the island of Ireland. We have previously been honored by the visits of St. John Paul II in 1979, pope francis in 2018 we are delighted to have been included as part of the president's personal visit yeah very nice
2: well one of the reasons portland has such beautiful roses is the springtime rain right
3: yes yeah
2: well this much (laughs) currently the rose city is on track to have its wettest april since wait for it last year
3: (laughs) since last year
2: that's right April 2022 was the wettest April on record, going all the way back to 1939. So, hey, what do you say we beat that? Okay, so how
3: close are we now?
2: So, as much rain has fallen in Portland in the first 11 days of April as typically falls all month, according to the National Weather Service. As of Tuesday, Portland had recorded 3.08 inches of precip at Portland Airport, compared with 2.06 inches. At the same time, last year, and remember last year was the wettest April, okay. so uh, yeah, that's where we're at. In 2022, Portland broke the record for the wettest April, over 5.6 oh, inches of rainfall by the end of the month. The average rainfall for the month is just 2.89 inches. <laughs> so, so we're, we're of already by that. We're over yeah.
3: past that. Uh, I don't know if I'm looking forward to another two more inches I of know. rain. Well. Uh, we got two weeks to get there.
2: Maybe it'll dry out. Who okay. knows? But just uh, so you know, we're 250% more rain than normal. Than normal. Yeah.
3: And looking at the 10-day forecast, yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks like a lot of rain coming at us next week and a little kind of, kind of big storms yeah. too, coming through. So we'll see how that works out. Well, Governor Tina Kotek has directed Oregon State Police to assist the Portland Police Bureau to push back against increasingly frequent instances of street racing and street takeovers in the city. Now, street takeovers and racing have become an increasingly frequent and visible problem in Portland in recent years, drawing concerns about the disruptive and in some cases deadly activity. Now, despite efforts to crack down, some incidents have been difficult for police to break up. After a recent incident outside Lloyd Center, a PPB spokesman said street takeover events can involve dozens of vehicles and hundreds of people requiring a large and coordinated police response to safely end them. And PPB doesn't always have enough officers available Governor Kotek and Mayor Wheeler also want to address police staffing shortages, and they've agreed to ask the legislature for more funding to clear the state law enforcement training backlog in the next two years.
2: Mm. Well, Brenda, yes, did you ever go to or have a Tupperware party?
3: Oh, I've been to my fair share of Tupperware parties. I love it. Okay. I I love any group sale event. Don't Uh invite me, please, (laughs) because I will show up and uh, I'll just have too much fun. You'll
2: buy everything up. All of it. Well, the iconic food container brand is struggling a bit. While Tupperware saw somewhat of a resurgence during the pandemic with many folks staying at home to cook, it's now trying to stay afloat without some new investors In a news release this week, Tupperware said it might not have enough cash to survive if it can't amend its credit agreement or find more capital, and it is bringing on financial advisors with the goal of raising more money. Now, Since the pandemic, Tupperware sales have tumbled from nearly $500 million in the fourth quarter of 2020 to just over $300 million in its most frequent uh, recent fourth quarter, Now, shares of Tupperware brands dropped by nearly 50% following this week's report from the company that was started in 1946 Ah. by... You know who started uh, the Tupperware company? I do not know. That would be Earl Tupper.
3: Oh, that would make sense. (laughs) Yes. Tupperware.
2: Tupperware. Uh,
3: I think that... I better get online and order my favorite jello mold because it accidentally got on the burner a couple years ago and uh, it was my favorite little jello ring for the holidays. Really? Yeah.
2: Yeah, like a jello like uh one of those uh green green jellos with pieces of fruit Pizza, in it
3: all kinds of things you put it in there and then you pour it inside the jello mold so it yes. makes a nice little ring and it sits in the fridge and then you dump it out and you get a slice of it on, on thanksgiving or christmas that's, that
2: sounds very 60s i like that oh, yeah i love it I'm you know what out.
3: there's always room for jello there's always room for more that's right and more tupperware for sure well clark county officials are considering spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to build a fence around their public campus near downtown Vancouver. The idea comes after an apparent rise in costly property crimes near the campus, according to staff members. But it found mixed reviews among elected leaders who split on whether a fence would be a wise use of public funds. The county's brick-laid grounds are where many come from any number of public needs, like casting a ballot, registering a vehicle, or for a marriage license. There's also a place where unhoused people congregate during the day, sometimes sleep. Now, Deputy County Manager Amber Emery told counselors that she's been collecting data on property crimes occurring at the campus since last June. She said public fleet vehicles parked there have fallen prey to catalytic converter thieves and people siphoning gas. Emory also reported that electric vehicle charging stations, which can cost between fifteen and $50,000, have been completely stolen. Now, county councilors didn't make a decision in the meeting. The council is expected to discuss the fencing proposal again on April 18th.
2: And in sports, NBA playoffs today, a couple of elimination games. In the east, the Chicago Bulls travel to the Miami Heat. And in the west, the Oklahoma City Thunder at the Minnesota Timberwolves. The winners get the eighth seed in the playoffs. What a season it has already been for Baltimore Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman. The former Oregon State star and number 1 draft pick in Major League Baseball in 2019 blasted a walk-off homer last night as his Orioles beat the uh, Oakland A's eight to seven. His first walk-off homer, but just in this early season, Rushman is batting three seventy-three, Wow! Four home runs, nine RBIs, nine runs through 13 games. He has hit three home runs in his last wow. four games. Guys, lighten it up!
3: That is amazing. Now, didn't wasn't he the one that started opening day yeah, with f- batted a thousand? Yeah,
2: yeah, he went four for four.
3: Oh, I'm (laughs) going to be watching him.
2: You may see him in Seattle.
3: I'm going to see the Cardinals on the 22nd.
2: Yes, but I'm thinking All-Star
4: game.
3: If I you know what David I put my email in and I am I, I don't even want to announce that this is how you do it <laughs> uh, because if you go to major league baseball.com right. you'll see the all-star game information there because it's being played in Seattle this year That's in July right. Uh and there's a lottery yep. to purchase tickets. And so I entered my information. So uh, if you have heard me and you enter your email and you get an opportunity to buy tickets, you have to take me because I'm <laughs> telling, telling you this. That's about right. the lottery. Well,
2: Adley may be there the way he's doing oh, it right now. That so. would be
3: great to see. Well, through the messages of divine mercy, Jesus has promised to pour out extraordinary graces to those who come to him on that day focused On his mercy, he has promised complete forgiveness of sin and punishment for those who take part by doing what he instructed. So to further encourage us to participate in this tradition, back in 2002, a plenary indulgence was also granted for those who observe the necessary conditions. So how to prepare for Divine Mercy Sunday in order to receive these graces? Here are the rules. You need to celebrate the feast on the Sunday after Easter. You need to sincerely repent of all your sins. Place your complete trust in Jesus. Now go to confession, preferably before Sunday. Receive Holy Communion on the feast day. Venerate the image of divine mercy. And to venerate a sacred image or statue simply means to perform some act or some gesture of deep religious respect toward it because of the person whom it represents. In this case, our most merciful Savior, and then be merciful to others through actions, words, and prayers on their behalf. Now, the message of divine mercy is not just intended for one Sunday either. We should live this and embrace it daily. Our understanding of the mercy of Christ is key to our relationship with him.
0: It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community.
3: And on a Monday at five o'clock as Catholic Women Professionals April meet off, meet up, I should say, celebrating Easter Day. Mark your calendars and save the day as CWP comes back together to meet with like-minded Catholic women working across the country. Please register in advance to receive instructions for joining the Zoom meeting. And you can find more details on these and other events by going to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app.
2: Nick Plato going to join us next. They have a big event coming up. You're going to hear about it after the forecast
6: Join Mater Dei Radio and Holy Cross Priest Father Jim Gallagher in prayer with the morning offering.
7: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys and sufferings of this day, for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for sin for the intentions of all my friends and associates, and in particular, for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
6: For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit matradayradio.com.
2: Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Hood Hospice, for more than 40 years, Mount Hood Hospice has been serving those in their final stages of life with loving care in East Multnomah and Clackamas Counties. With a compassionate medical and spiritual support team, hospice services are provided wherever the patient lives. With the top listing on Medicare's Care Compare, information online at mounthoodhospice.org.
7: Eastertide is filled with great joy and fervent prayer at Mater Dei Radio. During this special time in the church, join us in the celebration of our Lord's glorious resurrection through our three daily broadcasts of the Holy Mass, the seasonal Regina Chaley prayer for the Queen of Heaven, the sacred mysteries of the rosary, the chaplet of divine mercy, and inspiring Eastertide reflections. We also rejoice in praying for your specific intentions on Mater Day Radio's prayer hotline. Just call 503-285-3737 that's 503-285-3737. Or fill out your personal request on the prayer page at MatredayRadio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Our dedicated team will start praying for you right away. Experience the great joy of tide and unite with us in prayer as we lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Mater Dei Radio. It is 817 at Mater Radio. Beautiful
2: day today. Mostly sunny skies, high of 57 degrees. Clouds overnight tonight, low of 31. And then mostly cloudy skies for Saturday. Doesn't look like any rain, though. A high of 58. Showers roll back in for Sunday.
3: All right. Well, currently it is 38 degrees. St. Thomas Catholic Church in Camas.
2: And 37 degrees at St. Joseph's Church in
11: Salem.
3: Well, as we get a little taste of spring today, high schoolers around the area might be starting to count down the weeks to summer vacation. Well, there's a lot of work to do, though, between now and then. And joining us today to fill us in on what's going on at the Chesterton Academy of the Willamette Valley, it's their headmaster, Nick Plato, joining us, well, to let us know what is coming up. Good morning, Nick. Thanks so much for joining us today.
15: Good morning to you guys. Thanks so much for having me again.
3: Well, Nick, eight weeks left there about. Uh, it's hard to believe I went to do the it counting, is. but yeah, there it is. What kind of things are the kids there at Chesterton Academy uh, getting ready to do and work on as far as their academic pro- progress that's going to get into graduation day?
15: Awesome. Yeah, you definitely you mentioned graduation. So the seniors uh, are getting ready for that. That's on June 10th. So we have our second ever graduating class and they're excited to do that and kind of you know doing all the stuff that seniors do so senior projects and finals of course are in seven weeks for them a little bit earlier but everybody's uh nosing books and projects and papers as we you know rush through the end of the year but besides that there's always lots of stuff going on in the spring um so we have uh a men's night coming up um which is a a fundraiser and uh mr dale Alquest is actually coming out for that um, yeah fantastic which is really- really great we have um uh, the the spring dance not really academic necessarily but something they're all looking forward to on the 22nd um just lots of stuff there there's italy trip next year being planned so next year's already being thought of um i don't know we're going out to camp howard on a field trip um just lots of stuff going on really um there's a couple other events that we have preparing for two big ones for the students that a lot of work is going into uh, we have the uh, spring choir concert on the 28th here at the school. Um, and we also have the spring drama, which is a lot of work. You said students are working literally in the other room in the auditorium. They're they're building things, so wow. cutting wood and building sets and painting things. So uh, they're they're doing some hard work for that. But that should be great. That's an Agatha Christie play. Um, that's the 12th through the 14th of May. So lots of really fun and exciting stuff going on.
3: Well, fantastic. You have just such a full schedule and such a Mm -hmm. wonderful and lively and faith-filled campus there at Chesterton Academy of the Willamette Valley. So, But it is a special event. I mean, the founder of Chesterton Academy, Dale Alquist, now we know he's Mm -hmm. going to be making a visit to the Portland area to be supporting Mm -hmm. their newest Chesterton Academy, Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frisati. And if listeners can't make it to that event on Saturday, it's April 21st, well, the night before, men... Well, you're invited to attend down in in your area. So tell our listeners about this, because this is a men's only event, which I think is kind of a wonderful gathering. Tell us more.
15: Indeed. Indeed. It is a men only event. It's something that we started with a long time ago, actually one of our first ever fundraisers. Uh, Rolanda Moran and I got together and just thought, hey, let's just have some men get together, speak, enjoy some good drinks, um, some good food and some good fellowship and basically just all around good cheer. Be good little hobbits in the Shire, and, and basically, yeah, uh, that's what we do. So, yeah, Dale will be coming down and speaking, and yeah, uh, he's always great. If you've never heard him and you're out there listening, I would highly recommend coming. He's, he's amusing. He's instructive. Um, he's spiritual. Um, so really great combination. Very grateful to have him come down and speak. So oh. it, that, that's at the Fordyce Farms, by the way.
3: Um, oh, okay. People. Oh, yeah. well, very nice. So for men in the area, if you'd like to attend that, well— Find out all the information by going to their web page. Now, Nick, um, I forgot where we were going. So uh, (laughs) so this is the second graduating class now. So are people who might be interested in, in looking at a Chesterton Academy education for their high schooler, do you have upcoming events where they can come and see the school or talk to you and maybe get a tour for themselves?
15: Yeah, absolutely. So anytime we do tours, um, just, uh, we arrange that through, you just go on the website and you can uh, email the admissions uh, person there uh, and we'll set that up. Uh, shadow Days have been going on a lot. A lot of them happen already, but they're still going on. Um, we, we're not, we're all done with our open houses, but you know, it's always an open house and open door. We want to have that Benedictine hospitality right here in the shadow of the Abbey. So um you know, anytime they can come down, but these events coming up are really a great way to see our school. You can actually see the building when you come to, if you will come to the um, the concert, um, the choir concert on the 28th or the drama, you can see what our students do. Um, you probably can meet other parents. It's a great way to kind of get your foot in the door at the school to come to those events. And, and if you're interested in, you know, just kind of want to learn a little bit more, you know, the, the men's night, if you're, if you're a father or, a grandfather um that's a great place to go to that too so really um open doors give us a jingle um and we'll we'll take care of you
2: i remember when we spoke a while back nick you guys were doing some work in the out of doors with the kids you mm-hmm. still do that
15: yes we do in fact we have a, a work day coming up at uh the Fordyce farms actually which has been a great supporter of us and from the very beginning was one of the pioneer parents with the first uh students that we ever had
2: nice so um
15: yeah we'll be doing that Um, We've done some several other events in our agrarian kind of focus. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, basically we still do that. Um, We still enjoy that and um, are learning all sorts of stuff about where food comes from, um, you know, and and how we can support our great Willamette Valley, which is a wonderful place to live and filled with so much life. That's awesome. Yeah, we, we still have that vision going on.
3: Oh, fantastic. Well, it sounds like well, you got a busy schedule coming up, so I don't want to keep you from school. But before we leave, again, remind our listeners where they can go to find out all the information about your upcoming events and maybe talk to somebody about getting a tour of the Academy.
8: Sure.
15: Um, always our website's a great place, which is uh, ChestertonWV for WillametteValley.com. That's always a great place. Also, we have a Facebook page. Um, so those are the two best places and of course you can if you're in the area stop on by if you want to give the jingle the number and all the contact information for admissions or anything like that is on the website
3: oh well fantastic well nick thank you so much for joining us this morning you all have a wonderful day of school and kids well the countdown is on to summer vacation thanks so much for joining us
15: thank you guys god bless you
2: and it is 8:24 at Mater Day Radio. Well, one of the places you can find out about Mater Day Radio is through our free Hail Mary Media app. Just go to our website; we've got information right on the front page. This will give you access to our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library. You can tune into live broadcasts of Mater Day Radio. You can sign up for customized prayer reminders. And right now, too, you can learn about. Our Spring Sherathon that starts next week on Monday the 17th. Again, all the information about downloading that free Hail Mary Media app on our website at montredayradio.com.
5: Support for Montreday Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco family dentist.
11: Support from Watch Day Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including the Jade Bistro and Patisserie. Located on Southeast 13th in Portland's Selwood neighborhood, the Jade Bistro is family-run, serving Vietnamese and Thai cuisine with influences from France and Laos. French pastries are available daily, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Information can be found online at jadeportland.com.
2: Would you like to make your spring cleaning plans a little easier this year? Let Mater Dei Radio give you a hand. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you would like to clear out, our vehicle donation program is just the answer. You can donate your vehicle to Mater Day Radio and get a likely tax deduction in return. It's quick and easy, giving you a real jump start to your spring cleaning. Learn more about our
0: vehicle donation program at materderadio.com. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend, on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio.
2: And it is 826 at Mater Day Radio. Well, could we be in for a big change in the weather? I don't know if it's going to get super (laughs) warm, but I'm talking about a kind of a global change.
3: Okay. Yeah,
2: so we'll have that for you in the news.
3: And criminals beware, you're being watched. Largest statue of Christ was blessed and dedicated in a state by organized crime. I'll tell you where that's happening in three minutes. Here is Blanca and Echo. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
2: Blanca and Echo. It's eight thirty at Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday
10: life.
3: And in your news this hour, on Resurrection Sunday, the Christ of Peace statue was dedicated in Tabasco County, in Zacatecas State, Mexico. Now, the monumental sculpture, which sits atop a pedestal, measures one hundred and eight feet high, which makes it the largest of its kind in the country. The statue stands in the center of the esplanade atop Faith and Religion Hill. Now, according to the Christ of Peace Facebook page, the priest blessed the sculpture, gave a message of faith and hope to the thousands of faithful present. The image was made with steel and various types of polymers. And inside the sculpture, well, there is a staircase and four landings, as well as a lookout for the visitors. Now, the sculpture was named Christ of Peace because after its dedication, its promoters want tranquility to come to the citizens of Zacatecas, a state plagued by organized crime violence. Now, some claim that Christ of Peace sculpture in Mexico larger than the Christ the Redeemer in Brazil. However, the image in Rio de Janeiro, 98 feet tall with a 26-foot pedestal, whereas the one dedicated in Zacatecas 98 feet tall also, but only a 10-foot pedestal. But who's counting? Well, we are, actually. The largest sculpture of Jesus is that of Christ the King located in Poland. That's 118 feet. And currently in Brazil, Christ the Protector statue will measure 141 feet. I mean, that's incredible. And just think about these sites, though, around the world that are doing this. This is Poland. Brazil's going to have two, and now mm-hmm. Mexico's going to have another one. And then that just reminds me of that beautiful uh, statue of Mary out in Montana that's mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful, too. Beautiful dedications to our faith around the yeah. world.
2: You know, by what I've been watching, Eva Longoria searching for Mexico.
3: Isn't that incredible? It's, yeah. The, the culture and their Catholic faith, uh, yep. there's just very little that is the, the, where it's not intertwined completely. And the food. And the food. Yeah, I'll celebrate a good, good faith uh, day in the church with mm-hmm. great food.
2: Well, while we have been in the La Nina weather pattern for several years now, it's about to change, so says the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration Climate Prediction Center that issued a. El Nino watch yesterday, indicating the climate pattern is expected to form sooner than previously anticipated. Now, after La Nina ended last month, we entered what is considered kind of a neutral condition, which mean neither La Nina or El Nino is present. So those neutral conditions were expected to end at some point in the summer or early fall. So El Nino usually means a warm, dry winter for the Pacific Northwest. Ohio Valley, northern Rockies, and parts of Midwest. Now, it would likely mean a cold, wet winter for the southern U.S. A strong El Nino in particular is associated with lots of rain for the southwest and California, as if they need more. They any need more, more yeah.
3: for sure. Well, as father, Greg Markey, head chaplain at Thomas Aquinas College in New England campus, opened the door to the sacristy, preparing for an early morning hour Eucharistic adoration on Easter Sunday. He was hit by a wall of black smoke. Now, Markey could see flames devouring the floor and walls of the wooden sacristy in Our Lady of Perpetual Help Chapel, which houses tens of thousands of dollars of handmade antique vestments. Father Marquet ran for the fire extinguisher and gave it his best go at putting it out. But the fire uh, raged in over the 100-year-old wooden chapel, which just went through a more than $1 million renovation in 2022. Well, the fire department was called and quickly were able to put the fire out, but the sacristy was a complete loss. and The church sustained major smoke damage. It's unclear whether or not the vestments can be refurged refurbished, Father said. Now, the cost of damage has not yet been calculated. Although the church suffered extensive damage, its structure, well, it remains stable, something that Father Markey believes was the work of God. Uh, for now, masses are being celebrated in a different location on campus and as for the cause of the fire, well, Father Markey believes that it was improper disposal of of incense or the Mm. charcoals of the incense following the easter vigil mass the night before
2: sorry to hear well lest we forget the deadline for filing your taxes next week although a little later than the typical april 15th that falls actually tomorrow this year's tax deadline tuesday april 18th could have been on monday the 17th but the extra 24-hour reprieve Is thanks to Washington, D.C., celebrating its annual Emancipation Day on Monday, which affects tax deadlines in the same way as a federal holiday. So folks who are still rushing to file their taxes may learn that the tax year 2022, eh, not producing as many happy returns as in previous years due to a number of changes, including the expiration of some pandemic-era tax breaks. So for the 63 million people who had filed by March 10th, The average refund is down 11 percent, according to the IRS. Now, on the upside, expanded EV tax credits and other clean energy initiatives from the Inflation Reduction Act could help boost refunds. You got your taxes in, you said?
3: Mine are in. I'm just waiting for a call any day now from our tax guy to say, come on in. I'm going to tell you how much you got to pay.
2: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) well, good luck with that.
3: Well, on Tuesday, Washington State became the first state in the country to establish family and medical leave and unemployment benefits for the state Uber and Lyft drivers. The Washington State Legislature set the president through the approval of House Bill 1570, which now awaits Governor Jay Inslee's signature before being set into law. Last year, the passage of another bill in the state legislature granted other workers' rights to Washington drivers, including protections against unjustified termination, access to workers' compensation insurance, paid sick time, and set the highest wage floor for drivers in the U.S. Now, Washington has more than 30,000 drivers with Uber and Lyft. According to the state's Drivers' Union, the new law entitles contracted workers with Uber and Lyft to 12 weeks of paid leave if a driver or one of their family members faces medical challenges. They also get the same amount of time off work if they need time to care for a newborn baby.
2: And in sports, another full weekend of college baseball University of Portland is on the road for a three-game series with the San Diego Toreros in West Coast Conference action. First game this afternoon, 3 o'clock. University of Oregon is in Palo Alto to take on Stanford in a Pac-12 pairing. They will go at it at 5 this evening in Game 1 of their three-game series. And Oregon State welcomes USC to Goss Stadium in Corvallis. Their three-game series gets started at 7 tonight and will be televised on Pac-12 Oregon.
3: Now, many Catholics are familiar with Divine Mercy Sunday. This is a relatively new name given to the second Sunday of Easter. It's coming up this Sunday. But historically, this Sunday has been known by a variety of names and each points to a different aspect of the celebration. So here are four names offered to us from Alatea.org for the second Sunday of Easter and their meanings. First, it was called Low Sunday. Traditionally, the second Sunday of Easter was nicknamed Low Sunday because it was meant to contrast the High Sunday of Easter Sunday. It's also been called Quasimodo Sunday. Now, in the Middle Ages, this Sunday was known as Quasimodo Sunday from the Latin words that began the introit, Quasimodo geniti infantis, as newborn babes desire milk. Translates to. It was also on this day that Victor Hugo's fictional hunchback infant was abandoned on the steps of Notre Dame Cathedral and given the name Quasimodo, which in other translation means half formed. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. It's also Sunday in Albus. Now, according to the Catholic Encyclopedia, the second Sunday of Easter was consequently known as Dominica in Albus. The Sunday of the laying aside of the white garments. In the early church, the newly baptized at Easter Vigil would wear their baptismal gowns during the eight days of the Easter octave, then would lay them aside on the second Sunday of Easter. And then, of course, lastly, in the one we know it as, Divine Mercy Sunday in the year 2000, St. John Paul II canonized the Polish religious mystic Faustina Kowalska, and during his homily officially designated the second Sunday of Easter as Divine Mercy Sunday.
0: It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community.
3: Well, earlier in the show, our friend Ed Longwall joined us to talk about this event a little bit too, April 21st. 5.30 p.m. is Catholic Charities of Oregon's Celebration of Hope happening in person and virtually. Now, in person at the Portland Art Museum, you can join Catholics for its 25th silver anniversary of Celebration of Hope. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app.
2: Well, the Madeline Church in Northeast Portland is hosting a big e-recycling event. You're going to hear about it right after the forecast. Support for
5: Mater Dei Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsborough online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665.
13: Have you thought much about your funeral? Most people haven't. But pre-planning a funeral is not unlike planning for other life events. I'm Maria Lee, a cemetery counselor at Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. We are a full service funeral home owned and operated by the Archdiocese of Portland. I'm proud to be part of a caring staff dedicated to helping people plan ahead for their funeral and burial needs. Pre-planning your funeral is a thoughtful way to ensure that your family members will not have to incur the financial burdens or risk the emotional overspending that can happen when a death occurs. You can choose from several of our convenient packages or only select the goods and services you wish. For further information, please visit our website at ccpdxor.com. That's ccpdxor.com. We are Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Compassionate and pastoral care.
14: What's your next mission from God? You do have one. We all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Durko. Please join me on your next mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Listen to your next mission from God Saturday mornings at 7.15 and
6: Sunday mornings at 8.15. Right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio.
3: And it is at 8.43 here at Matre Day Radio. Lots of sun filling the sky already today. This still a little chilly, but we will warm a little bit today. Daytime highs getting to the upper 50s and a light breeze. Should make it a pretty pleasant afternoon. Then overnight, we cool down to right around 40 degrees. Then looking ahead to the weekend, Saturday, clouds are going to build. Highs again to the mid-50s, then rain back in the forecast on Sunday.
2: All right, 43 degrees at St. Agathy Church in Portland.
3: And it is also 40 degrees at St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church in Vancouver.
2: Well, if you have been holding on to a bunch of old electronics that you plan to get rid of, mark this day on your calendar, Sunday, April 23rd, which happens to be, by the way, the day after Earth Day, perfectly. That's when the Madeline Church in Northeast Portland will be holding its annual e-waste recycling event at its parish hall driveway on Northeast 24th Avenue. Joining us this morning to give us the details is Darlene Maurer. She is the pastoral assistant at the Madeline as well as the chair of the e-waste event. Hey, good morning, Darlene. Great to talk with you again. Good
16: morning. Blessings to everyone.
2: Well, thank you so much. You as well. So I got to believe your event on April 23rd, it wasn't by chance that it happens to be the day after Earth Day.
16: No, it's not. In fact, we've been doing this event for over 10 years. And um, I can't even calculate how much... Uh, We have collected over that time that has been given new life to old uh, e-waste type electronic waste um, materials, and uh, we are so pleased to be able to do it again on a larger scale. Last year, we collected over 14,000 pounds just of electronic waste, not to mention um, our partnership with Ridwell in collecting plastic clamshells, and then also we are collecting old athletic shoes um, to be recycled through Nike's recycling program.
2: Oh, that is fantastic. Wow, that, that, is, that is wonderful to hear how much you've collected. And I, I must say, too, while this is being held at the Madeline, this is really part of your whole vicariate.
16: It is. Uh, we have the parishes of St. Charles, St. Andrew, and Holy Redeemer. Um, that we have been partnering with for a couple of years now on uh, care for creation initiatives that are important to us, and so we have a steering committee that puts together uh, different events and activities and ways to encourage others to uh, take Pope Francis's encyclical Laudato Si. to heart and really do our part to make our climate uh, more uh, resilient to the effects of, of uh, the warming of our planet.
2: Right, and I was going to mention that, too, is that you said this has been going on for 10 years, but you, you did say that this is really all part of Pope Francis Laudato Si, which I, I think is just wonderful, because it was one of his first encyclicals, and you guys have really embraced that.
16: Yes, we have. And uh, next month will be actually the eighth anniversary of the release of the Encyclical. And uh, we are planning some really wonderful events for that as well. how did
2: you get started with this and with embracing Ladato C and really following through with some of these initiatives? what 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 was the impetus of all of that? Who got it started?
16: Well, I think our pastor, Father Mike Bewind, um really, Uh, brought this to our attention uh, when Laudato Si was released. And for me, it's been a part of my life um, from childhood. So um, I didn't have any problem in signing on to uh, make this something that our parish could really embrace. And uh, most of our parishioners uh, really do believe in Pope Francis' concern for care for our
2: climate. Mm. That's wonderful. Darlene Maurer, she is the pastoral assistant at the Madeline Church in Northeast Portland and chair of this year's e-waste recycling event. It'll take place again on Sunday, April 23rd from 9 to 1 and it'll be at the Madeline Parish Hall driveway on Northeast 24th Avenue. Well, let's talk about some of the nuts and bolts of the event and some of the things that you will be accepting at this recycling event.
16: Well, most of any kind of electronic waste that you can imagine uh, will be accepted by Green Century Recycling. We'll have a couple of their employees on site. And last year we actually had to have them bring two trucks because uh, we filled one uh, well before our event ended, and uh, so they'll be taking all of that. They even took some extra things that um, we didn't anticipate, but we really asked people to be cognizant of the uh, items that we have listed on our website that we will be collecting.
2: Give us some examples of some of the things that you will be taking.
16: Uh, We'll be taking computers and laptops, uh, those traditional things, fax copiers, uh, all kinds of paraphernalia that goes, the the cabling, uh, all of that, and for anybody who's concerned about bringing a computer in, uh, Green Century Recycling has a program that they will wipe the hard drives off of all of the materials that they receive, so we don't need to be worried about that.
2: That's no, great to great to know, and then some of the things that you kind of caution that you can't take, That some, some things you may see that it's like, yeah, we can't take those that you've seen in the past.
16: Yeah, styrofoam and fluorescent light bulbs, um, some of the floppy disks for media, um, no wood, um, no refrigerators or freezers. Um, they have taken microwaves in the past, and I believe they will continue to do that. Anything containing mercury, they cannot take. Um, so mostly things that would have uh, materials in them that are are uh, more hazardous waste.
2: And then too, you talked about you're partnering with Ridwell on some plastics. What sorts of things will they take? Plastics wise,
16: it'll be the number one PET plastic clamshells. Those are the things you get frequently at the grocery store for prepackaged items, and also. Uh, what you might pick up at a deli. So those things are uh, in mass amounts in our our normal purchasing. And so they will be accepting those and have a great reputation for re- responsibly recycling those.
2: Right. And then you mentioned too athletic shoes.
16: Yes. Uh, we won't take dressed or casual shoes, but we will take any brand of athletic shoes. We had probably 12 large boxes last year that we collected. They just came out of the woodwork. So as people start cleaning out for for spring cleaning, uh, we encourage them to, to look at, at whatever they think um, they can bring in. That will help us in keeping those materials out of our landfills.
2: Great. And then I I have your flyer, but tell folks where they can see this flyer because it's wonderful. You have everything listed, it's very detailed. Uh, How can they access that?
16: They can access it on our website, which is www.themadeline, and it's spelled T H E M A D E L E I N E and then a backslash
2: e-waste. Excellent. And again, I'm looking at the flyer, and as I mentioned, too, it is very detailed, gives everybody ideas of what they can and cannot recycle. Again, she is Darlene Maurer, the pastoral assistant at the Madeline Church Northeast Portland and chair of this year's e-waste recycling event. It'll take place on Sunday, April 23rd from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. in the Madeline Parish Hall driveway on Northeast 24th avenue hey darlene great to talk with you thank you for all your work you are doing in the recycling Uh, we really appreciate it
16: oh thank you very much everyone have a very blessed easter
2: you as well too god bless
16: thank you
3: and it is 8:52 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, that event plus so many others going to be on our community calendar. There is great things happening in our area. Well, this a weekend, so go to our community calendar, find a great event, take the family to enjoy yourself. Then on Monday, we'll tune back in to Mater Day Radio as we begin our 2023 Spring Sharethon. Seek the truth. And if you're online looking at the calendar, right there at the top of the page at radio.com, you'll see the share link. You'll be able to find some great information, some digital downloads for your uh, personal platform so you can let people know that you support Day Radio. You're also going to be able to find our guest list for the entire week. Our good friend Dave Vassar going to be joining us. It is the Spring share It begins... On a Monday, all the information at radio.com, You can also make a pledge today through the Hail Mary media app.
5: Support for Montreday Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at Biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722.
12: Please join me, Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers, and other listeners of Modern Day E-Radio as we pray an act of charity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Oh my God, I love you above all things with my whole heart and soul, because you are all good and worthy of all my love. I love my neighbor as myself for the love of you. I forgive all who have injured me, and I ask pardon of those whom I have injured. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
14: For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your
2: intentions, please visit us online at materdayradio.com. The Benedictine Brewery Room is a place of hospitality and fellowship, a place where all who come are welcome and where the peace of nearby Mount Angel Abbey permeates. Come for the beer, return to share the spirit of the monks of Mount Angel who brew craft beer in the tradition of the Belgian monks of old using local waters and hops grown on Abbey Land. Taste and believe. Learn more at benedictinebrewery.com. That's benedictinebrewery.com.
3: What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon?
0: A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle.
3: And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic.
0: We understand, and together we'll find God's grace.
3: We may not always agree,
0: but we are always faithful.
3: Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew.
0: Right here on Matra Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, Western Oregon and Southwest Washington's number one Catholic morning show. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Monterey Radio.
2: It is 8.56 56 at Monterey Radio. Oh, it looks so pretty out there. It's a right beautiful now. morning. Beautiful blue sky, mostly sunny skies today. We'll have a high of 57 degrees. Some clouds overnight tonight, low of 41. And then cloudy on Saturday, but don't so, show any showers in a high of 58 degrees. The eh, rain rolls back in for Sunday. It is currently 43 degrees in the Rose City.
3: And closing out this Friday show, it's a Friday song from I Am They. My feet are on the rock, and we are the morning blend right here at Mater Day Radio.
10: Ooh, ooh. I can see the clouds rolling.
17: Solid rock, I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. So stomp your feet and clap your hands. Our feet are on the rock. On Christ the solid rock, I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. So stomp your feet and clap your hands. Our feet are on the rock.
1: Thank you.
2: as I am they, my feet are on the rock. It's 8 fifty-nine at Monterey Radio. Radio. Uh, that's it for the Morning Blend. David and Brenda with you. Thanks for tuning in all week long. We will look forward to seeing you on Monday for our Spring share
3: Fantastic. And a new episode of View from the Pew coming up this evening at 7.30. We hope you have a very blessed day.